want to welcome everyone today to the life celebration for Stephen. I want to start out by introducing myself. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live, and it's an honor today to be able to speak to a life and a life well-lived, a life which we grieve here today. The way the service will take place is that I'll offer uh, some opening remarks, a set of readings, memorial address, and then we will close with a song. I want to say what's present today. What is present today are tears, as well as laughter. The service, no doubt, will have both. Many of the words I'm going to share are actually words of Stephen himself. And that is so much of what life is, this balance always between laughter and tears, memories and connection, and grief. And what we hope to have as well is this, folks, please listen carefully to this. What we hope to leave here today with is this, not despair, but with hope. And it's not an objective hope in a thing. It's hope as we understand it as Christians. Hope that is defined as love stretching into the future. Hope that is defined as love stretching into the future. Knowing that life is always these three things on this side of life. Life is always blessed. Life is always broken. And life, as we see here now, is always shared. I also want to share out there today, and this is, this is important, anytime we speak and it's times where someone has taken their life, I just want to urge people, if you are struggling, please seek help. Please seek help. You can find me after the service because this is, this is a scourge. This is a challenge. This is something that is so hard for families and so hard for young adults. And I want to urge you to stay. Our readings for today. The first is from 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, we've all heard it a million times at a wedding, but it wasn't preached at a wedding. It was preached for a community facing a lot of challenges. And this is what St. Paul offered, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the things of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. 
Now I know in part, and then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In the second reading from Isaiah 40, comfort, comfort my people, says our God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who help in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. From Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. In a book on heaven. When a person dies and goes to heaven, they come to the full experience of an enlightenment, full joy and full peace, far greater than they ever could have lived in the world. When we live in this world, our worries, anxieties, and fears create obscurity. But when we leave this world, such things no longer interfere with how we see life. After death, we see far more clearly and with more enlightenment than ever before. When a person dies, they pass from shade into light because they pass from the things of the world to the things of heaven and from the things of the body to the things of the spirit. Stephen's Memorial Address. I began with just some basic biographical pieces. Born November 28, 1996, to his beloved parents, Darlene and Steve. His dad's hands were the very first to hold him. Joined by brothers Jim and Nick, a family that eventually included sister-in-law Nancy, as well as beloved nieces and nephews, Jada, Sierra, Farah, Jimmy, and Sophia. His schooling went from Northeast High School and one year at Bernathan College, and his current work was working as a sales associate at Wawa. And that is just basic biography. And what is most important today, what we all share, is this heart, is this experience, this experience that we had with Stephen in our lives. And, and that's what I want to speak to. I want to speak to that heart that heart that we share. And maybe today, even in that time where our hearts feel so broken, maybe we can open ourselves to allowing our hearts to be broken open today. I wanna speak of his essence, his soul. And here I use some of the many adjectives that people use to describe him, at least those that I can share. Humorous, adventurous, Smart as a whip, quick on his feet, talented with music, talented at sports, syrup-drinking gentle giant, charming, giggly, goofy, warm, good-natured, outgoing, open-minded, with a quirky, contagious smile. That life. Well, it starts with this piece of life. Stephen, at his core, had a very kind and loving personality. Kindness is so very key, so very key to life. And he was relentlessly kind in many ways. 
In my particular Christian denomination, we believe what else is a life of worship than a life of kindness. When we learn to be kind, that's what God most asks of us, most ardently asks of us. And of course, none of us do it perfectly. But clearly, that was something that was settled deep on his heart, a kind and loving young man. And in terms of love, he did indeed love passionately. I want to read for you now an essay from Stephen. It was interesting checking back with those who knew him. I got in touch with, his, with a professor from the college, the Bernathan College, asking him if he could share some reflections about Stephen. He not only was able to share reflections, he actually had several of Stephen's essays that I'm going to be reading from as part of this service. Here are Stephen's words, titled, It's the Least I Can Do. And what it is, it's a response to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, do not neglect to do good and to share with, share with others what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Here's what Stephen wrote. An amazing night was just winding down. I had left the venue. I'd been dancing and singing along to Mac DeMarco, an increasingly popular singer-songwriter from Edmonton, the whole night. I was so tired. What made that feeling worth it was the fact that I worked hard all week and bought the tickets with my own money. It felt good to know that I could do things like this whenever I wanted, now that I was working. As I waited for my friend Miles outside, I noticed a man walking towards me from the corner. He came up to me, immediately asked how I was. Then he said to me, hey man, I'm starving. Do you think you could help me get something to eat tonight? I'm homeless. I paused for a second and replied, let's go to 7-Eleven. He thanked me and we started towards the convenience store. As we got closer, he thanked me again, told me I was a good man for helping him. Once we got to the store, I bought him what he wanted. He thanked me for a third time and was on his way wishing me safe travels. Then like clockwork, Miles pulled up to the sidewalk and we went on our way. I didn't really think about it. I didn't really think about what happened until I got back home and I looked at my wallet. I didn't have as much as I thought. Then I remembered the man and his uncle at the 7-Eleven. I was glad the money went to someone who needed it more than I did. I don't really think of this guy as this one specific person, but more like every man, more like humanity, more like all of us. I believe what it means to say the neighbor is not only the person, but the person in the plural. It's not a we, excuse me, it's not an I, it's a we. I don't think about this man and what I did for him as something I did as my neighbor, but something I do for everyone. I just wanna speak to that for a minute. Mother Mother Teresa famously said, we will have peace when we remember this. We will have peace when we remember we belong to each other. We will have peace when we remember, cell phones and all, that we belong to each other. That idea of remembering that we belong to each other is so critical, that shared heart, that one song. And you know what the word for the one song is? Universe. The one song. So much what he captured here. The second thing I want to speak to, you have a core of a loving heart, and you also have somebody who was incredibly fun. 
This kind and loving person was also so very fine and so very fun. He could light up a room with his commentary. He used goofy names for people and things. He loved going places that were fun. From Aunt Gina's to other places, one person noted this, that he would open the fridge and immediately ask if there was anything good in there with a smile. Goofy names for people and things. This was shared, a beautiful memory, a funny memory. I actually had, a funny memory I actually had involves my husband Gary driving with Stephen. They were going to work and passed a convenience store called Sparta. Well, the two of them developed a ritual of shouting out, Sparta, in an appropriate gladiatorial, I like that word gladiatorial tone, every time they drove past. One afternoon, Gary and I were driving past Sparta, and I wasn't aware of this ritual, so he proceeded to shout, Sparta! And I just about jumped out of the car. It took me by such surprise. After my heart rate returned to normal, he told me the story about him, and Stephen and all of us laughed. Christmas. Christmas as well, we saw a funny part. This was also shared from the family. We even saw his wit. Wit that even his beloved grandmother was sometimes, I would guess, the brunt of, included his beloved grandma who one Christmas received from her grandson a wrapped pack of poise pads. <laughs> that was clearly focused. The kindness, the love, the fun towards family and friends. It, it's focused. God puts us in the circles we're to be in. You're not sure who you're, who you're supposed to be or where you're supposed to be. Look at your feet. We are where we are supposed to be. We are put in the worlds we are supposed to heal. And he was put in a beautiful family. Put in a beautiful family. One friend noted that. He said he loved his family with his whole heart. And as many great souls do, the line between immediate nuclear family and extended family is beautifully blurred. His circle expanded out to numerous friends, and I'm just naming a few here, and they could name countless others. There are many of them joined here. Bobby, Natalie, Maria, Aaron, Josh, Kevin, Muppet, Justin, Witt, Cousins, his girlfriend, Alyssa. An incredible group. A buddy wrote this beautiful piece about how significant Stephen's friendship was him. So beautiful to share this. Steve gave me the comfort of having a friend that would be a brother to me forever. He was my best friend. I am an only child. Steve broke that feeling for me by being brother to me. It was the greatest gift I ever could have asked for. Obviously, things as immaterial things were not as important to him as relationships. His parents noted, as many parents would love to note, how rarely he asked for things. How rarely he asked for things. And he was able, in these circles from immediate family on out, to make both feel loved and accepted, whether over the holidays or just regular days. Again, sharing from someone he was accepting of others. He was often encouraging and tried to point out different perspectives that would make you think harder about things. He did not judge. 
Even if he disagreed with you, he was able to communicate that in a way that was not offensive or made you feel uncomfortable. He was a sweetie. It would be remiss in mentioning the people he loved to not only mention many of the other things that he loved. He had deep roots around music. His mom noted that when he was three years old, he loved the movie Grease. He would sing and dance in the kitchen, and when the song was over, he would say, again. He enjoyed drums, he enjoyed the band, first played together at the pharmacy in downtown Philadelphia. He enjoyed, as one person said, being in the pit. He wrote a beautiful essay titled Strength Through Unity where he talked about music and how he sort of saw music and, and, and the way he held music. Sort of one step up, the eagle's eye view of it. And here he was writing for Colossians 3, above all else, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. Although there are different ideas, and these are Stephen's words, there are many different ideas and themes expressed within the hardcore music community. The message of positive living, love, and unity are the ones that stand out the most to me and are the ones I strive to live by. Many bands talk about having a positive mental attitude, commonly referred to as PMA. A legendary, a legendary hardcore band from New York City called Crown of Thorns has been around for more than 20 years. In their song, Ice Pick, they preach a message of love and remaining positive in a not-so-positive world. The final verse. It's a world of love. You love us. We love you. For all the wonderful things in life that we love to do in a world of love, going to help everyone that I can. The feeling of unity is so great. Got to give each other a hand. Songs like this, he concluded, and many others are very important to me. Aside from music, this also was a young man who loved sports, the gym and athletics, from Muay Thai fighting to the Flyers to lacrosse. Many of those athletic loves he shared with his beloved dad. Lacrosse with as a former lacrosse player myself with a smile, I know he would absolutely want me to mention that his one year at Bernathan College, he contributed 14 goals, two assists, seven ground balls in 12 games. His assistant coach wrote this note about him. He was not convinced or concerned with personal accomplishments. His focus was the team. He loved his teammates. That is what I will miss more than anything, his love and compassion for those around him. He saw the bigger picture in sports. Lyle Thompson, arguably the greatest lacrosse player of all times, he wrote about Lyle Thompson. Lyle Thompson is Native American. And the Native American approach to lacrosse is, again, it's an approach just like music where we take that 10,000-foot view that gives context to it all. Here is from his essay titled, Doing Things a Little Differently, as he responds to Proverbs 22. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. 
Lyle Thompson believes that his amazing athletic abilities and his love for the game come from his religion. His family and community taught him to play for the creator, for God, and to please him, his creator, with creative play. That contributed to his immense love of the game and his idea that he was put on this earth to do this, to play lacrosse. I think it says a whole lot about who Lyle Thompson is as a person. His creativity and passion for lacrosse really helped him cement his role as a role model for so many young players. His life is the same as his love, lacrosse. His dominant love is the king in chief. This transcends lacrosse and shows his love for the lacrosse community and his own community, the Onondaga Nation. And I loved the way one friend pulled this together, you know, kind of all these different strands of Stephen's life. And this was somebody who played lacrosse with him. In middle school and high school, it seemed like the cross, lacrosse always brought Steve his greatest joy. From practices, just laughing and playing, to the high-intensity games, Steve always had a smile on his face and had a passion for being the best he could be. After love, I, after, after this college, I saw Steve find a new passion in fighting and wrestling and music. Although the sports changed, his love for competing didn't, and it was amazing to see him happy and doing something he loved again. Music was another hobby that made Steve happy throughout the years, whether it was us in sports or sharing music with one another or him jamming out with friends, music was something that filled him with joy. The above is what makes it hard to understand the why of of why did he leave us so early. And I want to say this, there are no easy answers for this. I want especially the family to hear this. He knew unconditional love. I cannot tell you what a gift that is. He absolutely knew unconditional love. When we start from that idea, you know, it's, it's not anything that any one of us could have done to change this. There was no last minute moment. It was a demon he wrestled with for years. At times, those who carry a bright light also carry a great shadow. I was listening to watching a movie with one of our kids, and it was the movie of all things of Harry Potter, and there's this jail that's part of the Harry Potter series. And in this jail, it's not that people are imprisoned by guards. They're imprisoned by their own fears, their own sadnesses, their own worries. No guard, guard, guards needed. And that is what is a challenge, that the battle was in his mind. A place where I firmly believe he was much harder on himself than anyone in this room was on him. It's important to remember that, that sometimes people just can't see it. They can't see it. They can't see their light. They can't see their giftedness. They can't see the connections. They can't see the grace. They can't see the fun. They can't see what they bring. I think maybe that's what Paul speaks to in 1 Corinthians 13, where he says, for now we see dimly. Only a reflection is in a mirror. But then, the second part of it. But then, and here he's speaking of heaven, 
we shall see clearly face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. There's something about that line that is so touching. It's, it's that idea of, of God's welcoming, being welcomed. And, and it's not a God, of, of a punishing God. It's a welcoming and a loving God. A God who understands that we all have our own private Easter's. As one relative put it, Stephen was loved so much and the thought of him being in so much pain internally that he needed to end it is beyond heartbreaking. First, because we didn't know he was, heating, he was hurting so much and second, that he didn't feel it could change or get better over time. But I guess we will never know exactly the extent of the pain, which we won't. But what is it that we do know? And I mean no. I'm not talking about think. I'm not talking about opinions. Like, what, does we know? what do we know? Well, I know putting together this. This is a good man. This is a good man. What else do we know? I also know that he is waking up to life in heaven, a passing on one side, a reunion on the other. And what is it that 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 life is like? Well, I think what it is, as I understand it, is God takes our very best intentions. I just want to sit with that for a minute. Just think about what you know of him. What were his best intentions? Like just for a second, just take a breath. And put in your mind, put into words what you know his best intentions were. That's the part that God will grow through all eternity. There's hard work with that. There's hard work when we finally come to terms with the demons that plague us, the voices that we can never seem to rid ourselves of. And what I also know is that that hard work that is part of our job in heaven is a relief. Those things that we wrestle with forever in this life, we're finally able to get at them in a way that can create change. And I know that that's where a miracle happens. A place in heaven where we find our people, our place, and our purpose. And finally, what does God create out of that? This deep Peace. It's deep peace. It's the peace known as shalom. As Jesus called it, a peace that passes all understanding. Worries, fears, anxiety, darkness, now gone. Of course, none of that fully takes away the pain of now the pain of today, the pain of the fact that we miss him terribly. We will miss giving him a hug, kisses, hanging out, meals, jokes, sharing music, the everyday stuff. 
And there will be countless little memories of that, little, little nods, little winks that will bring memories of this good life back to you. And the part that I say with a smile, we will even come to miss some of his annoying habits. But we will know that we can choose to live into the light that draws us closer to the best angels of our nature, just as he is being drawn to the better angels of his. I close with these words. There are 11 words to passing well. And these are words I think we have to hear and, and hold, both thinking of them coming from him and thinking of them coming from ourselves. And these are the 11 words. Please forgive me. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. And two final quotes before we listen to Stephen's song. Stephen wrote, Man's spirit is created to be united with God's spirit. And that's how we enjoy fellowship with God. And from Revelation 21, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the older things of life have passed away. Amen. Stephen's song. This is Stephen's song. You were born a free American child with a heart of gold and a spirit wild. You were meant to shine at your daddy's face. Far too young when you left this place. Cause everything you were was everything we loved. We didn't have to be more or less. For long and hard through the light and dark. Now with God in peace, maybe rest. With God in peace, maybe rest. You were searching for a place in time to forget your fears, ease your worry mind. Now your pain is gone, you are lifted high. We'll see you on the other side of the sky. Cause everything you were was everything we loved. You didn't have to be more or less for long and hard. Through the light and dark, now with God in peace, may you rest. With God in peace, may you rest. Reminding now, as we look around, we have so many ways which we are blessed. Don't understand why you're gone, but we have to carry on. We love you for giving us your best. Cause everything you were was everything we loved It didn't have to be more or less 